Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where two friends get together and talk about the story behind the matches. I'm Matt. And I'm Michael. Welcome to episode 22, Survivor Series 1988. Teams of five strive to survive? I got through it. You did. <laughs> I didn't can, think I Now would. can you say it like three more times fast? <laughs> no. I wouldn't. <laughs> I don't think anybody could. So, Survivor Series 1988 is the second annual Survivor Series produced by the WWF. Event took place on November 24th in 1988, which was Thanksgiving night. The last one was Thanksgiving too, right? Yeah. Or like the day before, day after? It was Thanksgiving same, same night, night. Yeah. yeah. And this one is coming from the same place as 87 in the Richfield Coliseum in Richfield Township, Ohio. And the attendance was 13,500. It's a decent house. It's a good house. Pretty good. Pretty good. 13,000, they're not getting that at a Raw these days, are they? I doubt they're probably pulling 10,000 at a Raw at this point. I mean, yeah. Pulling, I feel like that's, yeah, it's 13,000, but this is like, you know, like peak WWF. I mean, it's one of the big four. Yeah, it's one of the big four. Little known fact. Not that they've gone to any of the little eight yet, but. This is my favorite of the big four. Sarcasm. (laughs) Probably didn't track. Raise your glasses to sarcasm (laughs) on that one. Either last week or two weeks ago. Who knows? That we ranked them, and Survivor Series was definitely the least of our favorite. Yes, yes it was. But things that were happening around the time of Thanksgiving 1988, George H.W. Bush had been elected as president a few weeks earlier and scrooged the Bill Murray Christmas classic was released the day before. I watched that for the first time like a year ago, which I don't know how I missed it because I feel like it was Seriously, just on TV all the time. how did you miss that one? Uh, are you a big Scrooge guy? I don't love Scrooge. I feel like that it's good, but it seems like it's easily forgettable. It's like that was really enjoyable, but I feel like it's just like it's over and then you just like, can, like the next day I could have forgot that I even watched it. By no means is it bad. We're, I don't know if it's a hot take or what. But yeah, I don't know if Scrooge is a, is like I don't a super know. loved movie. Other than Caddyshack, which isn't really a Bill Murray movie. No, but it rules. I love Caddyshack, and I hate golf. I can't say that I love, well, Ghostbusters. Yeah. I, I have a weird thing. Like, I like Ghostbusters. But, like, a Bill Murray-led movie. Ghostbusters. Life Aquatic, but that doesn't really count because it's, like, a Wes Anderson movie. It's a Wes Anderson film. So I love like, it because it's Wes Anderson. Yeah. I was going to I mean, and his it. performance is really good in it. Yeah. But it's not, you know, it's not your typical, like, Bill Murray, like, you know... 80s Bill Murray being Bill Murray movie. No. It's... I mean, I, I... Like I said, I don't know if that's a hot take or... I don't know either. Maybe, like, a, maybe a kind of a lukewarm, I, but I don't yeah, love yeah. Bill Murray. I'm lukewarm on, like, Ghostbusters. I think it's really cool, but the movie's... And the movie's well-made. I don't necessarily think it's, like, particularly, like, funny. I don't know. I've seen Ghostbusters 2 more than the first one, because it was on TV. I mean, I think 2 is funnier. You think so? I don't know. 
I know that I everyone's always like, ah, oh, twos. I've always heard people say twos terrible. I think I always felt, thought it was like, oh, it's kind of like just as good in my eyes, which it's totally probably not. Both of us probably. But I've just seen it. But we're probably also, were never able to see the Ghostbusters original Ghostbusters in the theater, while I, we did see probably Ghostbusters two in the theater. I don't think I saw. I never. I definitely didn't see the first one, but I second one I just watched on like cable. It was on TV all the time, so I saw it a lot. And then the first one I saw maybe like four or five years ago when they like did a they played it again like in you know like amc or like cinemark mm-hmm. how they do yeah. and i went and saw it and like i was like yeah that was good but i never have like a strong opinion about it you don't have to have strong opinions i don't have everything. a strong opinion about scrooged either i think it's fine and worth a watch it's a fun take way to pull yeah. this full circle yeah, yeah so let's uh what else is going on or is that what you got well let's also find out if we had any strong feelings about survivor series Logo flies onto the screen, overlooking the live crowd. On... All those bricks, like the rocks or whatever. It's like the Flintstones logo. <laughs> Gorilla Monsoon welcomes us to Survivor Series along with Jesse the Pilgrim Ventura. I love it, and I'm so glad to because see he's, Jesse. Because he's wearing a Pilgrim hat. I forgot even who was on the last one that I hated so much. And Superstar so Billy Graham. Oh, yeah, which is like... But you got Jesse back I'm for this so, one. I'm so glad we have Jesse back. I love him. I think we had a conversation, I don't know how long ago, about commentary, like, does it take away, add, all that stuff. Depends. And after that conversation about Superstar Billy Graham, and then in watching this show, I was all like... Oh, I'm so so much more entertained. I can totally tell where, how Billy Graham took away from the enjoyment of... Oh, yeah. It was driving me nuts. I feel like every, like, every, like, you know three times or maybe like every other like chunk of my notes was like brada <laughs> or whatever I was just like shut up or like I was like a little I miss you Jesse because <laughs> I was so sad about what I had to be listening to new t-shirt I heart Jesse I heart Jesse yeah I mean I don't know if we all feel that way about him now but uh, I, I love him in the WWF also in Predator I don't, I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't know what other movie like movies and... he was in. I know he's had to have done other stuff, but that's he obviously hench- he was henchman in a lot of movies. Yeah, that was definitely the biggest movie he ever did, the one that everybody remembers him for. So we head off to our first match. We got Team Warrior, consisting of Ultimate Warrior, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, the Blue Blazer, Sam Houston, Ooh, Sam Houston, and Jumpin' Jim Brunzel versus Team Honky Tonk, consisting of Honky Tonk Man. Dangerous Danny Davis, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Outlaw Ron Bass, and Bad News Brown, with Jimmy Hart in their corner. Who, one of these things is not like the other on our heel side. Who do you think it might be? I don't know, they all have nicknames. Fit in with all that beef. Oh. Not, I don't know, he just, he just looked out of, out of place. <laughs> they were running short on people in this show. To fill spots, as will like, also, same, not, like nobody in this match yeah. is like everybody in this match was people that had been. Is there no bees anymore? I don't know if I could go on without the bees. No, actually, wait. Maybe Jim Brunzel, someone I didn't write it down. Okay. Uh, the bees were poised to do a heel turn or break up or something like that. Yeah, and so B. Brian Blair. Yeah, he's gone. He's no longer around. So man, I would have loved stuff a lot of times too, and he's. A face. <laughs> he, he's the. I would have loved to see like the killer bees. I don't know. Maybe switch from black and yellow to yellow and black and turn heel. That would have been great. <laughs> it could have been great for comedy. So Blue Blazer, better known as Owen Hart, 
is a professional wrestling Hall of Famer. WWF. That's like because of his widow. Probably trying not to. No, I think it's heard this before, but like his, uh, like you know, ex-wife or not ex-wife, his his widow. She uh, she just doesn't really want anything to do with the company because she's still upset about you know his death, which she's totally fine with. Like, yeah, so that's that's up to her. Like, that's her husband, the father of like her kids. But uh, so, which wrestling Hall of Fame is? I guess the professional. The professional wrestling Hall of Fame. So many Hall. But Team Warrior, they all run out like crazy people, you know, basically yeah, following the lead of their of their leader. I think Warrior ever sprained his wrist shaking those shaking those artists off and they're throwing lefts and rights. Hammer tosses Beefcake towards the ropes when Davis gets a knee up. Barber Irish whips Davis, leapfrogs him, and then locks the sleeper on. But after a matter of seconds, Davis is out, or so that's what Gorilla and Jesse tell us, <laughs> and they roll him out of the ring. So Danny Davis is eliminated. See yeah. you, Danny. I mean, who, who? if you had to guess, you would have guessed, like, Danny, Sam, or Jim out first, right? Uh, most likely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Sam or Danny were definitely going to be the first people. Let's see who where who else gets eliminated here. Uh, Valentine, back in, gaining control with a headbutt to the midsection, starts to go for a figure four, but the barber kicks him off into the turnbuckle. Blue Blazer hits a head scissors to take Valentine down. And then Brunzel hits a drop kick on Valentine, goes for a cover, but the hammer has made a tag to Bad News Brown, who hits Jumping Jimmy from behind. Bad News with a power slam and a falling fist on Brunzel. And Brunzel reverses an Irish whip attempt, charges in, but Bad News moves. Jumping Jimmy goes right into the turnbuckle. Bad News kick for the pin. And Jim Brunzel is eliminated. And the the elimination. I was going to say, and the win. The ghetto blaster looks good here. I was like, oh, well, I get it now. It looks better. Yeah. So the first time we saw it, I was like, what was that even? And here I was like, oh, no, it looks fine. He just didn't hit it well the first time. Uh, also, I had a thing with Jim Brunzel. But if who's... you think about it, before you go on, okay. Ghetto Blaster, is this the first, other than the figure four, <laughs> is this the first, like, named finisher? I mean, the DDT. Maybe sh- Shake, Rattle, and Roll. Maybe the DDT. DDT. Yeah, I feel like that it's ones where they talk because like there's a lot of stuff where they they do moves here that but don't I mean, really DDT have. DDT is really names. just the move. It's not really a finish. It, it, it's not a it's not a named yeah thing. Yeah, I don't know. Like so many things at this point are maneuvers or like it's a slam or it's like or be like a suplex and it'll say suplex. I'm like, oh, it's like so there's, that's like, a that's a this kind of suplex. Because like the six one nine yeah is Mysterio's one of Mysterio's finishers or whatever. But it's something completely different if you watch New Japan at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. sometimes Kevin Kelly will say 619, sometimes they'll actually call it by the actual I mean, name of have, the move. Does it have a name? I thought, yeah, I thought does, he that, made, I thought it I was like his innovation or whatever. But I mean, I guess, I mean, there's no way people in Lucha weren't doing that like in 20, 30 years. Exactly. But uh, the other thing was Judd's or whatever. But uh, that's, he's that's never good. <laughs> he uh, He's wearing a pair of Reeboks. And I'm like, is this the first guy that we've seen wear sneakers? Like, because nobody really wore sneakers, and nowadays a lot of guys wear sneakers. He's wearing just, like, a pair of, like, high-top classic white with, like, red trim Reeboks. And I was like, I haven't seen anybody with with sneakers, and it was probably not very common then. I mean, it's pretty common now, but they always wear, like, those, you know, shin guard things that will cover up the top or whatever. Or, you I know. Mi- I guess I missed the shoes completely. Yeah. I noticed it because I was like, 
because it was just weird because we haven't seen any sneakers and you do now but normally a lot of times they're covered up unless it's Shane McMahon wearing like a pair of Jordans or whatever but I was like huh like those are some fresh looking Reeboks Jimmy but hope we got him an endorsement deal hopefully so bad news is beaten on Sam Houston and Valentine bad news go for a double team on Houston but Sam moves and the hammer hits Brown bad news starts arguing and the entire team honky tonk try to break it up Bad News just pissed off, so he heads to the locker room, counted out to be eliminated. And my boy Sam does what he does best in this match. Sell, He sell, sells, and sell. oh man, this guy, like, I could throw the shittiest looking clothesline and he would make me look like a hero. Houston gives a drop kick to Bass and then a schoolboy pin on Valentine. And now Bass is working over Houston. Houston's tossed into the corner where he jumps onto the second rope, comes off with a crossbody, for a two count. Bass then tosses Houston to the ropes, but Sam flips over, gives some right hands, and Irish whips Bass to the corner and goes for a monkey flip. But the outlaw reverses it into a power slam for the pin. So Sam Houston oh, yeah. is eliminated. And that ref, like, he hits the shit out of the mat. I noticed, like, it seemed like he was hitting it like he was trying to save his life or, like, resuscitate somebody. Warriors in, starts beating on everybody, power slams Bass. Tags Blazer in and press slams him onto the outlaw. Blazer with a monkey flip and a drop kick on Honky Tonk Man. We got Valentine running the ropes. Blazer leapfrogs him once, but on the second try, Valentine doesn't duck enough and hits Blazer in the gut. gut. Yeah. His, uh, to, his, his lower gut. Or to find out the testicles and real life, Blazer oh, was really? out for a month after oh my this. God. Because they sold up to the size of softballs. Do you think he showed them to everybody, knowing what we know about Owen Hart? I mean, the story comes from Brett, so I'm sure he at least showed Brett. Yeah, but I mean, he was a famous river, for sure. But Blazer stayed. He didn't, like, just fall over. He kept going, even though this happened. Yeah, he's professional. He hit a power slam on Valentine, goes to the top rope, but Honky Tonk runs over and pushes him off. The hammer locks on the figure four, and Blazer taps out. It's kind of weird to see somebody with a mask. I guess I guess we've seen some masks in the WWF. Have we? Seen I mean, uh, the bees. Did they wear a mask? Early? I, mean, I guess the Super Machines did at yeah. one point. The bees put masks yeah. on. Yeah, they was early and they used it as like a tactic or whatever. Yeah, not not too many masks. Yeah. Team Honky Tonk with lots of tags working over Beefcake at this point. Honky Tonk goes for the shake, rattle, and roll, but the barber reverses it into a back body drop. Bass with a rubber band slam and goes for a cover. But Brutai gets his, gets his foot on the rope. Honky Tonk comes off the top rope with an axe handle, but Beefcake hits him in the gut on the way down. The gut, not his lower gut. In the actual gut. <laughs> the barber with an atomic drop and locks the sleeper on Honky Tonk, and, but they fall through the ropes to the outside. Beefcake slaps the sleeper on once again when they're on the floor, and the ref gets to a 10 count. And I honestly hadn't even realized he had started counting. Yeah, that happens sometimes. <laughs> And Brutus <laughs> and Honky Tonk are eliminated. Okay. I know these guys are both kind of considered uh, laughing stocks, but we're both, you know, pretty over uh, it, at this time. At times, yeah. At times. But Brutus or Honky Tonk, for you, it's kind of weird and tough. I would have to go Honky Tonk. He's a better heel. He's more entertaining. His promos are better. Yeah. Like, my favorite thing about Beefcake is probably his, like, uh, ring gear. Like his like there's like the yes. mesh and like the the pink wrist stuff it look it looks awesome and it's weird 
and he always has like the cool feathered hair but honky tonk is uh, definitely the more entertaining but they're both kind of like i feel like they're kind of this could be talked about in the same breath so that's curious definitely warriors being double teamed by the hammer and the outlaw they toss warrior to the ropes and go for a double clothesline but we're back with a double clothesline of his own warrior hits a running double axe handle goes for the pin the ref had to leap over Valentine to get in position for the count. I love when a ref like jumps halfway there across and just like flings their body and heads down. To get in position for the count. Warrior gets the three count right as Valentine tries to make the save. On Bass is eliminated. Ventura starts saying that Valentine was the legal man. I actually went back. I'm sure you did. And Bass had been tagged in. Hammer then Irish whipped Warrior who ducked a clothesline and came back with a double axe handle for the pin and the win. And the ultimate warrior is your survivor. Next is our second match. Team Demolition, consisting of Demolition, Axe and Smash, the Conquistadors, Uno and Dos, the Bolsheviks, Boris Zukov and Nikolai Volkov, the Brainbusters of Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson, and the Fabulous Rougeaus with Jacques and Raymond. And of course in their corner was Mr. Fuji, Bobby Heenan, Slick, and Jimmy Hart. Versus Team Powers of Pain. Consisting of the Powers of Pain, Barbarian and Warlord. Young Stallions, Jim Powers and Paul Roma. The Hart Foundation of Bret Hart and Jim Neidhart. The Rockers, Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. And the British Bulldogs. Davy Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid. What a bunch of fucking legends. And as this is our first time seeing Shawn Michaels, I don't dare miss telling you that he's a professional wrestling, wrestling observer, and two-time Hall of Famer. Once as an individual and once with Degeneration X. Have we not seen have we seen Marty Jannetty before? Nope. We've never seen either one of them. I feel like we have. We haven't. Mm. Yeah, which is recent, right? Yep, just like recently. Yeah. Last year. Team Survivor. Oh, oh, and Marty Jannetty is probably still doing hard drugs and working indie shows. Him the best. Get that Tim Tin count ready for him. <laughs> yeah. Rules Aww. when one member of the team loses, both members have to leave the ring. So hopefully... There is a state on both sides. Like, they have a hard time with the camera. It's like, you can... They like the camera guys are working extra because there's just, like... The guys, like, they could tag the other... Like, the heels could tag the the faces. Because they're just, like... They're, like, just draped. It's Well, that's... It's the same, it's the same thing as last year. Literally, there's 20 men... Yeah, I guess we've done this before. There's 20 men but I forgot in the ring. <laughs> there's six men... Six men on the outside. Yeah. It's like there's just so many people. I think and that uh, we got gypped because uh, Matilda's not there. I need Matilda cam. There was no room for Matilda <laughs> no, with no, all this. this they, if, they, if they put Matilda uh, in the ring, it would just collapse. <laughs> it's just like the, the straw that broke the camel's back. So we got Davy Boy and Conquistador Duo starting the match off. Do we know who the Conquistadors are? Are those masks? Uh, Is that there's a thing? some... Like uh, local guys, they're Mexican dudes that like okay. basically wrestled in Mexico and Puerto Rico. Yeah, but they're not anybody that's like particularly they famous or of note. 
they needed one more team to Yeah, yeah. But I, I got that. I mean, I get the Conquistador thing for sure. I was just, like, curious if there was anybody under there that was, like, you know. No, there, no one's famous as under those Yeah, no, no name that you're going to bring up and, like, you know, the only person that's going to know is, like, Jim Cornette. And maybe their mom. <laughs> yeah. High Conquistador duo's mom. Yes. So Davy Boy with a power slam of Jacques onto Raymond. Michaels is tossed to the corner, jumps onto the top rope, and backflips behind Zukov, gives him a hip toss, and then a double team chop with Janetti. And what a way to start. Janetti with an atomic drop on Tully, who then ping pongs between Neidhart, Davy Boy, and then a drop kick from Marty. Janetti tosses Jacques into the corner, who jumps up to the second rope, comes off with a reverse crossbody, but Marty ducks. Raymond in, Irish whips Hart, but then ducks the head, and Brett rolls him up with a small package for the pin. And the fabulous Rougeaus are eliminated. Dude, the Rougeaus like that? I, I, I mean... I'll just throw it in here. We know... We, I, I told you about the Rougeau and British Bulldogs heat that they had between each other. Oh, yeah. Well, they were going to fight. After this match was over. Oh, yeah. Like, they're like, I'll see you, I will see you after legitimately this. Legitimately fight. We, yeah. They made the Rajos get pinned so they this could just, early. So they could leave the Literally, and leave the they venue. walked out of the ring, went to the back, got in a car, and, and left the building. Dang. Well. So there would not be an altercation. That's nice. I mean, the Rajos are smaller guys. Uh, I would... I mean, I'm sure that they can I all throw. Want to mess they, with Dynamite Kid. they can all throw like a definitely a probably pretty great shoot punch, but uh, you know we don't need we don't need any of that kind of violence. Yeah, if, I feel like the Rougeaus. I like the Rougeaus a lot as a tag team. I do too. They just have the worst fucking name. Yeah, they shouldn't have gone just with their last name. They should actually no. give them they, some yeah, kind of like gimmick. just anything. Like they could still do a French thing and call them call them call them like the Brie Brothers. Like who cares? That's funny. <laughs> I just realized what I said. <laughs> but it's just because it's, you know, it's a silly fancy cheese and you can do, and you can still have Frenchie and do something stupid. Well, Raymond, <laughs> Raymond will quit here soon and Jacques will get him a, a fun gimmick. So. Okay. I'm sure I don't know what it is. It's the Mountie. Oh, okay. So the match starts back up. Roma, from a standing position, jumps to the top rope, comes off with a reverse crossbody on Koloff. Both teams with lots of tags because literally you can, it's like this is everybody like, gets their shit and people come just in literally reach out and you can touch someone for a tag it's, yeah you could do like a two punches like a standing clothesline that turn around and tag and then the next guy will do the same thing everybody gets their chance to shine but you know they don't do it for extended amounts of time Blanchard tosses Michaels to the ropes who comes right back to Arn for the spine buster. Conquistador goes to hip toss Janetti, but Marty spins around the arm instead of like, oh yeah instead okay. of flipping forward. Yeah, I remember he flips yeah. sideways. Was, I think I noticed that. I think there's a crazy maybe it's him as well. He does like yeah, he does like a spin Mar- off the ropes. Marty does like a I'll say like a barrel say roll right or something. Now. I'll say it right now. Marty's the rocker that looked better in this. Yeah, match. If, like the world could have been a different place if uh, Marty Janetti was as handsome as Shawn Michaels and. Like, Shawn Michaels was notorious for, like, partying and being a shithead, but Marty Jannetty partied, like, Jake the Snake style. Yeah. So, like, it's, yeah, it's a shame that he's hundreds of wrestlers that have done the same thing. Exactly. At least we can appreciate him in this moment. Davy Boy with a vertical suplex on Koloff goes for the cover, but is tossed off by Nikita. And then Nikita follows with a reverse thrust kick. Barbarian with a rubber band slam, Neidhart with a power slam... And then Anvil and Dynamite Kid with a double headbutt. Dynamite Kid then hits a sling blade oh, yeah. on Tully. 
but Blanchard recovers by tossing the kid through the ropes. Powers is in like a house on fire with a back body drop, slams Zukov's head with an Irish whip, and Powers comes off the second rope after stumbling for a second Yeah. with a reverse crossbody, but momentum carries Boris over on top for the pin, and the young stallions are eliminated. Barbarian then hits a shoulder tackle on Zukov, and Zukov tags in Blanchard, who then realizes who he's getting into the ring with, literally tiptoes over <laughs> and tags in Koloff. Wait, Boris tiptoes? No, oh. Tully Blanchard does. Oh, yeah, that's really funny. And it gets Tully, a, you're not a small guy. He does get a crazy pop. It does get a crazy reaction from the crowd. Michaels then Irish whips Zukov after tagging in Janetti. And Sean gives a shot to the gut, and Marty comes in with a sunset flip for the pin, and, and the Bolsheviks are eliminated. Yeah, I love those the small guys in their and their sunset flips and their quick roll ups, and they just catch the big guy off. It's a wrestling thing that happens forever, but it's nice when you get to see it used to like bring a guy like Shawn Michaels, like you know, to start a build. Conquistador tosses Janetti to the ropes, goes for a back body drop, but Marty hangs on for another sunset flip, but only a two count. And now Team Demolition is working over Marty. Conquistador goes for a tag after a Michaels dropkick and Janetti shoulder tackle, but he is in the wrong corner. Tully's telling the ref he needs to check something on Barbarian, but then Sucker kicks the Barbarian to regain control of the match. Tully, with a flying crossbody, goes for the pin on Neidhart, but the anvil just tosses him off. He then attempts a suplex, but Neidhart reverses it into a vertical suplex of his own. Hart with the backbreaker, inverted atomic drop, and slams Tully's head on the turnbuckle. But then Tully reverses the Irish whip into the corner, but Hitman jumps over a charging Tully to give him a German suplex for a pin attempt. And at the last second, Tully got his arm up. Brett celebrating when the ref throws his arm down, lets him know he was the, the victim, victim of the three count. It's done pretty well. And the Hart Foundation is eliminated. It is, but I, th- I think that's that was actually done pretty well because we get a lot of finishes like this in these earlier shows, especially on like the NWA side. Yeah, I got it when I watched this. I wasn't like I wasn't confused. Exactly, and that's like super that's, super important. That's the biggest like, thing. My whole thing is like if you got the camera on here and only going to get better at it as time goes on and stuff. How like how is the audience supposed to tell? I know that they have like the screens and stuff, but they don't have screens at this point. I, really. No. I feel like that... Really? Not even, like, one? I don't think so. I'm not sure. I feel like that I caught one in, in one I mean, of these may, shows. Maybe, maybe I'm mistaken. But it's, maybe it I'm is, mistaken. Yeah, but... but uh, either way, like, yeah. It's, I feel I mean, like they, if, don't if a, they don't even have a stage at this point for them to... They just walk out, out of the of locker the, room. Yeah. It's a shoot, baby. Yeah. But, no, it's just one of those things. Like, if I can't tell when you've got, like... When it's on, on television, how is somebody going to tell when they're, like, in the nosebleed? Or, like, you know, there's some guy, like, throwing his popcorn, like, standing up in front of him. Or just stand up, because you're at a yeah, wrestling show. show. Yeah, and if everyone's standing up, you just stand up. So the refs are explaining it to Brett, like, trying to make him understand what happened when Dynamite Kid hits a pile driver on Tully. And the Brain Busters start attacking Michaels, so Janetti comes in to join the fray. The refs are trying to break it up. Also, really just feels kind of weird that, like... Literally, these four guys are in the ring fighting, and the rest of everybody else is just standing yeah. on the apron. The Brain Brusters attempt a double vertical suplex on Janetti, but Michaels catches him, and the Rockers hit stereo super kicks. It's cool. The ref DQs both the Rockers and the Brain Busters, 
So they're both eliminated, and the two teams continue to brawl their way back to the locker room. And this is where in my notes I say, damn, this match is long. <laughs> we do get a glimpse of Pat Patterson on their way to the locker room, oh, yeah? break, break, trying to break up the fight, which was Oh, fun. yeah, yeah. Conquistadors with some double-team moves before hitting a scoop slam and then attempting a senton bomb, but Dynamite Kid moves. And I'm glad someone mentioned that there's no way to tell the Conquistadors apart. Like, yeah, because it's different than like, uh, like the jumping bomb angels, where it's like they obviously don't know their names. Yeah, uh, it's like it's like well, these guys like they don't have names; they're there just was, the conquistadors. They were Uno and Dos, but there was no nothing different. They're they, not. They like, were like they're about, one of them's a little bit bigger, and I'm like they're about equal size. It's not like the jumping bomb too. angels where they're like two completely different looking women that also don't have masks on and wearing different clothes. Exactly. <laughs> Davy Boy with a crucifix pin attempt on Smash. Which was cool to see a crucifix pin. And Bulldogs with a double headbutt on Axe. Davy Boy with a gorilla press slam and a running power slam. Dynamite Kid hits a gut wrench suplex. <sighs> love the gut wrench. Falling headbutt on a conquistador. Well, I love the falling headbutt, but not, not, not for its. Like, I love it, but I don't love it. Dynamite hits a snap suplex, comes off the top rope with a diving headbutt, but Smash moves, and then he hits. And then Smash hits a clothesline and gets the pin, and the British Bulldogs are eliminated. The Conquistadors and Demolition are now working over the powers of pain. Who would have thought? You, you think the Conquistadors were supposed to go out when the Rougeos went out? And then they were like, oh, probably five. originally, yeah. It's probably because I was. To be the right I remember like Rougeos watching. Yeah, I remember watching this and be like, the Conquistadors are still in there. I was like, are they somebody that like I don't know? And like I'm gonna they're find gonna out later. Their, they're gonna rip their masks off and yeah. they're gonna be. You know, would be great is if like if like the Rougeos got eliminated early or whatever, and then somehow. They like swapped them out during all of the cacophony, and then at the end they had like you know a, a turn, and they like pulled it off, and it was the Rojos under there as the Conquistadors. That would have been pretty funny, actually. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, book it. Let's book it. Mister Fuji climbs up onto the apron for some reason. Even Gorilla and Jesse don't really understand why. Damn Fuji. Smash goes to come off the ropes, but Fuji pulls the middle rope down, and Smash falls to the floor. Would you buy a car from Mister Fuji? No. <laughs> <laughs> but what's the difference between demolition and powers of pain? Uh, one's a kiss wannabe, the other one's a road warriors wannabe. <laughs> yeah, they all look the same to me. So Smash is counted out. Demolition is eliminated. So while he's being counted out, Axe goes to check on Smash. I was you know, like, like a friend. Why not just pick him up and roll, roll him, him back, back into in. the ring yeah. if, if you're worried about him not being counted because out? That's not how we booked it. So then Axe confronts Fuji about what just happened, and Fuji's saying he's the boss, and as Axe turns to walk away, Fuji hits him with the cane. Smash sees all this, grabs Fuji, tosses him to Axe, who slams him on the floor. Fuji bump, dude. Now the powers of pain are on the opposite side of the ring. They're seeing all this, and they just stop fighting the conquistadors. Uh And they go to the outside of the ring. They pick Fuji up, and walk him over to their corner. It's so great. <laughs> Did we just see a double turn? The Conquistadors are running the ropes when Fuji trips him up and Barbarian hits a diving headbutt for the pin and the win. And our the Powers of Pain are our survivors. Post-match, Powers of Pain raises Fuji up on the ropes until Demolition comes back running down to the ring and both members of Powers of Pain are slammed and clotheslined before they escape the ring. 
And the double turn is done pretty well. I like the double turn. Yeah, it's great. Bit. It's good. If you're going mean, to watch th- 40 minutes is, of a match, it's something better fucking happen. 42 minutes of Yeah, something better happen. The thing is, is that Demolition had been getting pops from the crowd, basically. Yeah. Like, favorable you know, so weird because they're wearing like leather daddy shit and i'm like what is this and i guess everyone just i mean i guess them, like so... when did road warrior come out Who knows? i don't know i should know when road warrior came out but like either way it's just yeah it's just weird but the thing that i was curious about was the fuji eye makeup because i feel like that's super subtle and who knows if the wwe has ever been this subtle before wwf doing something subtle yeah but the like the fuji eye makeup Looked more like P.O.P. eye makeup. I mean, it's possible. And I was—I don't remember if he's worn eye makeup before. He has. Yeah. I just don't know if it was exactly the same yeah. way as what s- it was. Maybe he just was switching it up. So, fun fact for this match. This is the only time Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels were ever tag team partners. In a roundabout way, yes. And it would also, on a more of a sad note, this would be Dynamite Kid's last WWF appearance ever. Like literally, he walked out the door and see. I wasn't. I didn't realize. I thought Dynamite Kid went on further than this. Like how he had a very short career in the WWF. He basically had some back injuries that kind of kept him out. Yeah. He still wrestled a little bit on the independent scene after this, but never at a never did anything major after this because of injuries. I mean, nowadays he's in a wheelchair from all the injuries so poor guy so we head to the back with sean mooney who's with bad news brown this is the interview you were talking about oh yeah old bnb he calls all the viewers beer belly sharecroppers i'm glad that you got that because it is good it's it's the best part of his promo (laughs) the best part of his promo (laughs) yeah he smelled a conspiracy and that is why he left ringside he thought everybody was just gonna team up on him and but he wants a title shot, no matter who it is. And like he says, like so I think he tries to say Survivor Series, and he says like Survival Series, and it's what it sounds like. Uh, he's just really, he's just a really bad talker. Yeah, he talks about like surviving on the streets of Harlem and blah blah blah. Something about have you been on Mars? And you don't, yeah. The bad news Brown don't need anybody. It's the internet goes on for a long time. Way longer than it needed. It's one of those things that's like, if they went shorter, it'd be easier to book him as strong as you're attempting to. We then go to Mean Gene, who's with the Powers of Pain and Mr. Fuji. And Fuji says, Fuji made demolition. (laughs) He he does say that. And I just realized I did a horrible Asian accent, and I apologize. Oh, it's fine. It was Mr. Fuji accent. And then he said, the bridges got way too big for him. And I I liked uh, Warlord... Chiming in, if Demolition doesn't want to listen to Fuji anymore, Powers of Pain will. <laughs> the Powers of Pain need to help. It's weird when you have like two guys that like look kind of like weird monsters, and like one's the heel and one's the baby. It's like, it's like what makes Powers of Pain? How does how is one of them a baby? <laughs> yeah, like well, like Powers of Pain and them and POP, they're on like opposite oh, sides. Okay. Like, you mean it's like the yeah, two teams. the I'm two sorry. teams. No, 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 no. I just mean the two teams, like because like they are kind of almost the same gimmick in a way. Basically, like you know what I mean? It's like oh, they're just Road Warriors light, and, and Barbarian and Warlord come like from where Road Warriors came from. It's like people remember the Road Warriors more than they remember either of these teams. Axe and Smash definitely have definitely. their. Their place as well. I was more a crush guy. 
Mooney's now in the back with Team Mega Powers, and everyone yeah. everyone kind of all says a little bit of everything. But I felt like Hercules had the best line. Oh, did he? What did he say? He said, "Don't always get what you want. Sometimes you, you get, get what, what you need. need." Yes, he did say that. I mean, did you have any other lines from anybody else? No, me? I don't even think I wrote anything down because it's just surprising. The interview was pretty basic. Like everyone kind of just says, you know. Macho says his thing. Hogan says his thing. Yeah. But Hercules, I felt, had the best lines. I don't know how I didn't get anything for that. So that was right after the Bad News Brown one? Yeah. Huh. I can't believe I didn't take anything. But yeah, I did get the, but you might get get what you need. And I'm like, oh. So we head off to our third match. We got Team Snake, consisting of Jake the Snake Roberts, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Ken Patera, Scott Casey, and Tito Santana Chico versus Team Giant consisting of Andre the Giant Dino Bravo the strongest man in the world Mr. Perfect the ravishing Rick Rude and Harley Race rest in peace with Bobby Heenan mm-hmm. and Slick so is, re- uh, is Fren- Frenchie's out there too right? oh Frenchie's out there as for, well yeah. for, for old Dino there's a little bit of a story behind this match I didn't really go into them, the other ones, because it's really just because these people are feuding. But this one, actually, Roberts had exposed Andre's extreme fear of snakes when he had thrown Damien onto the giant, causing a heart attack, <laughs> quote, unquote. And Andre vowed revenge, but with the constant use of Damien, Roberts would keep the psychological edge. Hell yeah. And we have a first-timer in this match, Mr. Perfect, Kurt, Kurt Hennig. What about Scott Casey? Oh, <laughs> Scott Casey. So much to know about Scott Casey. No, there's not. Okay, okay. He's a glorified jobber. But Mr. Perfect is a professional and WWE Hall of Famer. So the match starts. You got a ba- It's pretty back and forth early on. Casey goes for a monkey flip, but is caught by Bravo, who turns it into an inverted atomic drop. Gorilla starts promoting the Royal Rumble, which will be happening in a few months. Maybe in a few weeks for us. Hacksaw gives a... Get him out of here. That's your favorite part. I fucking hate Hacksaw. Duggan Irish whips Rude, who ducks not one, but two clothesline attempts, but Hacksaw grabs him on the third attempt for a spinning power slam. Duggan comes off the ropes for an elbow drop, but Rude moves. We then see Patera, Irish whip Rude into the corner, charges in, but the Ravishing One gets a knee up to stagger Patera. And Rude hits the Rude Awakening, which is a neck breaker, for the pin. And Ken Patera is eliminated. Can we talk about Rick Rude's uh, pants here? Go for it. They are, like, you know before he had the, like, really cool... Um, he usually had a picture of Cheryl. Yeah, it was like Cheryl, and then they did like was it the JYD, JYD thing. It was yeah. very funny, but it's like airbrushed. But this just looks like they just like got a sharpie and like drew women's hands like up going up his legs to his crotch <laughs> and his back, and it's not done well at all. So it just looks like he like like somebody smeared doo doo all over his like yellow trunks, and he got doo doo pants on, and they look bad. Or like he like let his kid like draw on them, they look bad. Or his kid had a bunch of chocolate and like smeared it all over his pants. Who was the mom of the kid? Cheryl Roberts, and this is why we're here. Also, is it shocking that Kim Pater got eliminated before Scott Casey? I mean, I, uh, shocking? <laughs> I don't know. Surprising? Maybe. maybe. Yeah. 
Speaking of Scott Casey, he gets hit with a drop kick and an elbow drop by Harley Race. Then Casey goes for a schoolboy roll-up on Bravo, but Dino holds onto the ropes and then lifts Casey up for a side suplex for the pin. And Scott Casey is eliminated. Hexall goes after Perfect in the corner after no-selling some punches. Duggan is grabbed by Andre, allowing for some double-team moves, and then gives a headbutt. And we see Tito come in, and he's tossed into the Chico. ropes. By Bravo, ducks multiple clothesline attempts and hits a flying crossbody for a two-count. Bravo then Irish rips Tito into the corner, charges in, but Santana leaps up and Sunset flips Dino over for a two-count. Harley hits a pile driver on Tito, and then Race tosses Santana into the ropes, ducks a clothesline, hits a flying forearm smash for the pin, and Harley Race is eliminated. And this is King Harley Race at the time, right? Or no... I think that gimmick's kind of over because... Is there a different king in the ring at the moment? I think there is. King Haku. Oh, he's, that's, thank you. Andre's in, and he's starting to manhandle Tito with chokes and right hands. Oh, Andre's a choke machine at this point in his career. Andre Irish whips Tito, who goes for a sunset flip. Bad idea. Tito sunset, sunset flipping Andre. Andre. And this is where Andre... Does Andre pull the sit move? Andre just sits down on Tito for the pin... And Santana is eliminated. Hola, chico. Hacksaw then comes in, hits Andre from behind with a clothesline to get him tangled up in the ropes. And Duggan and Roberts are laying in right hands on the giant. Snake's even choking Andre until the giant's finally able to get loose from the ropes. Perfect comes in, has Roberts under the bottom rope when he tries to slingshot him to basically guillotine. And as the ref is getting Perfect away... Andre stomps on the bottom rope to choke the snake some more. It's pretty nasty. Roberts with a short arm clothesline on Bravo, and as the snake is setting up for the DDT, he's really close to the ropes, and Rude gives a clothesline from the apron. Hacks on the crowd start a, Go, snake, go! Okay, I was trying to figure go, out what the snake, was. Go, Bravo goes for a multiple elbow drops, but Roberts keeps moving. Hexall putting the boots to Bravo with right hands, clotheslines, goes for the three-point stance. But Frenchie Martin grabs his leg, allowing Dino to knock him from the ring with a knee to the back. As Duggan is getting back into the ring, he grabs his two-by-four and hits Bravo right in the gut. Oh, I can't even do it because I don't like him. And the ref DQs Duggan. And he is eliminated. And then you get your uh, a, a bullshit chant, I'm pretty sure. Hacksaw yells bullshit. As oh, he yells leaving, bullshit. As he's leaving the ring. It's now Roberts versus Perfect, Bravo, Rude, and Andre. Let's go, Jake. Let's go. Roberts is holding his own against Perfect. And Bra- Bravo is using his strength to wear down Roberts. The snake almost catches him with a DDT. But Dino reverses it into a back body drop, but then misses an elbow. As Rude comes in, Roberts rolls out of the ring to catch a breather. I really feel like they did a good job of telling the four-on-one story. And oh, Jake, yeah. Jake just didn't, like, well, we know that was, charging in. We know that was very, all Jake. Like, that's based on all the stories we heard about him just, like, knowing how to tell a story in a ring. You just assumed that that was... Uh, it was uh, very stick and move from him. It was, yeah. it was really good. He's like, yeah, he was, he was uh, picking his spots. Exactly. He was playing a game of chess. He had to. Everyone else playing checkers. He was mm. playing chess. That's true. Rude does a gut buster to Roberts, which Gorilla mistakenly calls an inverted atomic drop. I got that. Definitely wasn't. That happens a lot. And the Ravishing In One... these old shows. 
The Ravishing One keeps tossing the snake from turnbuckle to turnbuckle. He then hits a snapmare and a top rope dropping fist. Rude does his little dance while standing over Roberts and begins to walk very leisurely over to tag someone in. When Snake grabs him from behind and gives him a DDT for the pin. And Rick Rude is eliminated. Andre in with right hand starts choking Roberts, even biting him. Andre won't let the choke hold go and the ref DQs him. He's really choking the shit out of him. It's like it's like Homer Simpson, like on Bart Simpson, like early Simpsons stuff. Seriously, it, yeah. it looked really good. Andre the Giant is now eliminated. But before he leaves, Andre hits Roberts with a headbutt. Perfect jumps in for the pin and the win. Boo. So Mr. Perfect and Dino Bravo, and I quote from Howard Finkel, are the sole survivors. Uh, but there's two of them post-match Roberts grabs Damien tosses him into the ring which sends Andre quote unquote quote, running yeah. to the back also, there's a good line from Gorilla where he says where he's like four against one and Gorilla goes nah like it's it's uh, it's two he's got Damien <laughs> because that's the thing that I think we missed was there's a a promo before this where they're talking to him and he's like oh I haven't been feeding Damien so like he's extra hungry and stuff so, some fun-ish facts about this match. Well, there's a really great Damien shot. He lets the snake out, right? Yeah. Oh. He threw him into the ring, which sent everyone running. Oh, okay. Well, it was in my own head. But there's a really good shot of him on the like rope, and it's good. So, Junkyard Dog was actually supposed to be in this match, but he had left the company. So, he was replaced and announced to be B. Brian Blair. Now, if you remember uh, earlier... We had Jim Brunzel. I, I said that he had also left the company. Yeah. And so that is how we ended up with Scott Casey in this match. And Scott, Scott Casey was literally a glorified jobber. Yeah. Like, he wasn't even to the Coco Beware type jobber. Coco's got moves, though, and a personality. Yeah, he had a gimmick. Yeah. Scott Casey had no gimmick. Yeah. And then a weird but sad fact... With Harley Race passing in the last little bit, yeah, every member of Team Giant is no longer with us. <sighs> My God, that's that's heavy. Dino and Kurt, yeah. every single one. Like I knew Kurt, yeah. Dino's definitely one that's not talked about. It's so sad. Jake's still here, against all against all odds. Yeah, yeah. So we go to the back. Mean Gene's there with Team Twin Towers, and Slick's there, and he says the big hour is drawing near. It's a system of elimination. DiBiase, the only thing I give thanks for is the size of my bank account. (laughs) And then he follows with, Hercules, you will give thanks tonight as you will finally realize your position in life. My slave. As my My slave. slave. Yeah. (sighs) And I literally wrote, um, Virgil works for you, right? Yeah, it's like, I mean, back in these days, everything's like a slave, where it's like, you get precious for one night, and it's like, not cool. <laughs> no. no. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like, are you going to take her out for pizza? Because, <laughs> like, you know, give her, like, yeah. Like, we got to go to a movie? You get woman for a pizza date. Yeah. You get to buy her dinner. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> the rest is up to her. <laughs> she has just, to give consent. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, it's just... Yeah, the slave thing's in that same bucket where it's just like, ugh, okay. Well, at least Hercules is a white guy. 
So we're headed off to the fourth match. We got the team twin towers of Akeem, Big Boss Man, Haku, the Red Rooster, and Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase with Bobby Heenan, Slick, and Virgil in their corner versus team mega powers of Macho Man, Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, Hercules, Hillbilly Jim, and Coco Beware. And what song do the heels come out to? Is it... Is, is, Ted, Ted be, uh, Ted's song? I was like, is this an Akeem song? Oh, yeah, it was the Jive song. Yeah, it's like, because uh, like Akeem comes out and he's like doing like weird, like, he's like trying. He's making fun of Dusty. Yeah, it was, that that's makes sense. Dusty moves. Yeah, I guess they are Dusty moves, but him being the like African dream, it looks like he's trying to do like some hip hop stuff, but like Dusty's just too weird. But Akeem the African dream, uh, is like, is he from South Africa? He is a large white man. Is he almost a gang? Yeah, he's a gang of a gang of a man for sure. Oh, I know. Okay, yeah, because Akeem was one man gang and they repackaged him as Akeem. Uh, he's more fun. He's more fun this way. Yes, he is. I didn't mention, but Miss Elizabeth obviously is in the corner of the team Vega Powers. Yeah, did we not go to the uh, faces for any commentary before the match? Oh, we did, like before the last match. Uh, okay, yeah, okay, I remember. So there's a little bit of story behind the match because Big Boss Man had attacked Hogan and challenged Savage for his title and then it had joined forces with Akeem to form the Twin Towers. And then, so that's why Savage and Hogan were feuding with Akeem and Boss Man. DiBiase had purchased the contract of Hercules from Bobby Heenan, but Hercules refused to become Million Dollar Man's slave, as any person in their right mind should. I mean, I don't know, like... What you got, Million Dollar Man? Am I cleaning toilets? Uh, are you going to hit me? Like, you know, do I get breaks? What's up? I hear he pays big. I mean, I guess I, that's I, true. I hear he pays big. I mean, he does stuff money in, po- in pockets. Yeah. So each team comes out together except for one person. Who might that be? Who would everyone think? It's Hulk Hogan, of yeah. course. But they do come out to, they come out, do they come out to Savage's song? Yes, and then... they do come out to Pomp and Circumstance. Yeah. But then... Do they play... But then Real American starts playing and Hogan comes uh, out by himself. Yeah. So it kind of undercuts that Macho's the champion a little bit. I mean, yeah, and they're back in, like, they're back in the, like, like they were in the last show with the, like, red and yellow gear. I think like, everyone's wearing, other than Hillbilly Jim. Oh, yeah, well, Hillbilly Jim. Because Coco's wearing yellow, too. Well, yeah, but Coco always wears yellow. But I mean, like, I'm just talking about, like, Savage and, like, the Mega Powers. They're in their oh, Mega yeah. Powers colors. Yeah. They're, like, the, like yeah. even... Elizabeth is as well, but spoiler alert, she's not going to flash she doesn't, she doesn't uh, take her her, her, her skinny little legs, her little chicken wings. If you, that's my biggest disappointment of this, oh, of this show. Oh come on, Coco's butt is blurred out. Yeah, on the network. Wait, is this is the match started? No, I haven't started the match yet. Oh okay, you just mean like there's there's some blurred butts in a lot of matches. They just pull them pants down. Uh, well, the reason at this time the reason Coco's butt is. Is because he had WWF written on the oh, back of his trunks, okay. and WWE doesn't want to get sued by the panda. But anymore. the thing is, no, in the corner they have the WWF during the whole show, like the original logo. I know that's why it's so. It's really like, like it's the, very selective the, on the network. Yeah, it what makes, they do it really, and don't. It really do makes no stuff. sense because like sometimes you'll get like the scratchy logo, and sometimes you won't, and sometimes you'll get the old school logo. Sometimes you won't, and sometimes they'll blur stuff out, and sometimes they'll like bleep people saying WWF. So Macho and Million Dollar Man start us off. The two men are trading right hands and closed lines, left back and forth. The two men, or Macho tags Hercules in, and DiBiase takes off running to the floor. As Hercules rolls 
back to into the ring, and the rooster is there to stomp on him. Hogan with a clothesline and a pair of elbow drops on Haku. Stereo big boots from Hogan and Hillbilly Jim to Haku. And the rooster tries to slam Hillbilly Jim, but can't lift him, so Jim reverses it into a scoop slam of his own. Rooster slamming Coco's head into the turnbuckle, and Ware just gives a look like, what are you thinking? Don't you know that I have a metal forehead? I feel like it's possibly a bit of a racist thing, because they always said it about Junkyard as well. Yeah. And, like, Coco's not... You see, he's... We haven't seen a lot of Coco, but he can do a lot more than Junkyard in the ring. Oh, definitely. And uh, he doesn't... He's not a, a headbutt guy. Yeah. Really, he? He didn't come off as a headbutt. But guy. it is nice. I loved him no-selling it. It was fun. Coco then slams Rooster's head into the turnbuckle, goes to Irish Whip Taylor to the opposite corner, which is reverse sending Coco to the turnbuckle. But he jumps on the second rope and acts like he's going to do a reverse crossbody. So Rooster drops to the mat to duck it, but it was a fake out. Coco then climbs to the top rope for a missile drop kick on Rooster for a Ooh, two count. That missile drop kick, though. It's so good. It's so good. Like, I, uh, I walk away being like, damn. Where's the Coco? Because we've only seen Coco a couple of times, and he's never really got a time to shine. And Survivor Series is just a whole bunch of moments for everybody to get their shit in. And it was nice to see his shit. Hogan then hits a big boot, a power slam, and Macho comes off the top rope with an elbow drop for the pin, and Red Rooster is eliminated. That's not, is that, that's not what Rooster sounds like, is it? The entire team Mega Powers jumps in the ring to celebrate. Because, you know... Also, it's like, well, we got a match still going on here. Everybody's getting, giving Heenan crap about Rooster because he was that was his guy. You know? Oh, yeah. Hillbilly Jim and Akeem trading right hands until Akeem sends Jim to the turnbuckle. Akeem charges in, but Hilly jumps up and has his legs around Akeem's neck. We get a big boot to Akeem and goes to give a bear hug. Hillbilly, you're a big dude, but Akeem... Akeem is not someone you should be trying to bear hug. No, no, sir. Akeem, yeah, Akeem makes because we see big boss man for a long time after this, and he becomes like less big of a boss man as time mm-hmm. goes on. But uh, big boss man's pretty big here, and he's still like one half Akeem. Yeah. <laughs> Akeem uses his size to push Hillbilly back first into the turnbuckle, and after a clothesline, Akeem hits the Air Africa, the seven forty seven. Or is it called the 747? Like, is it called the Air Africa? Because he calls it the 747 every time. And I've never yeah, seen Yeah, Grill just seems match. to have forgotten that Akeem has changed gimmicks. Yeah, but. Because yeah. it was the 747, but now it For is. For one the, man gang. Yeah. It is the Air Africa. And he gets the Air pin. Air Africa is hilarious, though. And Hillbilly Jim is eliminated. Now, everybody on Team Mega Powers comes in laying it in against Akeem, but he can't, they can't get him down. No, they do it pretty well, too. Like, Akeem does a good job of just, like, Walking around like a fat toddler and like not take not going down for him. Coco goes for a splash in the corner, but a key moves and Ware hits head first on the turnbuckle. No, but that he should he should no sell it, right? He should. <laughs> big boss man's in, tosses Coco to the ropes, hits the big boss slam for the pin, and Coco is eliminated. Ooh. Hogan is rocking boss man, hitting the big boot, slams him to the mat, but boss man catches Hogan with a spine buster to put him down. Spinebusters always look great. Team Twin Tower starts working over Hogan, even hitting a leapfrog body guillotine on Hogan uh, from Boss Man. Million Dollar Man hits some fist drops, but Hulk is up with an atomic drop. Those fist drops. The story of the fist drop. It's like 19... 
1990. It's like fist drop city. Hercules is in with lefts and rise, back body drop, a knee lift, clothesline all to Million Dollar Man, but Virgil trips Hercules up as he's running the ropes. Hercules turns and grabs Virgil, lifting him up to the apron and is choking him when DiBiase comes from behind with a knee to the back and the schoolboy roll-up for the pin. And Hercules is eliminated. It's the, yeah, it's, it's the heel way out. Hercules is arguing with DiBiase on the outside when Macho comes in for a schoolboy roll-up of his own to eliminate Million Dollar Man. Ah, you gotta get that. It's the quick, the quick redemption. Quick redemption. Hogan's being worked over by the opposing team. Ho, uh, Haku even puts the trap hold on Hogan. <sighs> you know, I hate the ha- trap hold, but you know who I don't hate? Haku. Nah, could you? Hogan's arm keeps staying up on the third, third try by the ref. We get a boss man slam on Hogan, but he doesn't go for a cover. Instead, he goes to the top rope. <sighs> Not a good idea, sir. And misses a splash. Hogan's crawling to the corner and makes the hot tag. Elbows to everybody, goes to run the ropes, and Slick tricks Macho up. The Slick trick. Slick starts getting in Elizabeth's face, taunting her and dragging her by the arm, while Boss Man has Savage in a bear hug in the ring. Uh, it's good. This bear this, hug is good. This bear hug is very good, and uh match is not bad, but it's reaching a fever pitch. Hogan comes running and lays out Slick, and then Akeem and Boss Man hit Hulk from behind. Bossman then handcuffs Hogan to the bottom rope. This is drama. And while this is going on, Bossman's counted out. Yeah, by on he, purpose. He doesn't care. And he is eliminated. Bossman starts hitting and choking Hogan with his nightstick. And it looks brutal. And that's not a euphemism. Savage is <laughs> fighting back in the ring to no avail, but Bossman comes back into the ring with and the Twin Towers lay Macho out as he is hit with an Air Africa. The ref then DQs <laughs> Akeem for shoving the ref and is eliminated. So we have the Mega Powers uh-huh. with Hogan still handcuffed versus, versus Haku. Haku. But uh, Savage just went like a three-minute bear hug while Hulk's on the outside. Slick is taunting Hogan with the handcuff keys, which is the only reason that the ref has allowed Slick to stay at ringside. Haku continues to work over Savage. And Elizabeth comes over to try and help Hogan, but the refs start yelling at her to get back in her Oh, corner. you leave Elizabeth alone, goddammit. Slick jumps on the apron, holds Savage, and Haku goes for the Savat kick. But Macho moves, and Slick is knocked off. Heenan Boo, is, fuck you, Slick. Heenan is then laid out by a clothesline by Hogan, who's still, still handcuffed. He's on the bottom, the bottom rope, so he can go like back and forth on one side of the ring, yeah. which is kind of fun. Elizabeth, all of this is fun, by the way. <laughs> it's very fun. Elizabeth then grabs the keys from Slick. Yeah, she's and, like digging in his pockets. And unlocks the handcuffs. Hogan jumps back on the apron. Haku hits a top rope splash, but Macho kicks at it too. Uh, Macho's got nothing left. He's like drained. Yeah. Haku then hits a thrust kick, which sends Savage towards the corner. So Hogan makes the yeah, tag. Yeah, Hogan makes the tag. Like, Savage just like falls because that's where he was kicked. And like Hogan just... Fucking works his way in there. It's great. Hulk with right hands, a big boot, scoop slam, and the leg drop for the pin and the win. This is like, yeah, the last like five minutes of this or so is like wrestling Shakespeare. It's good. So Hogan and Savage are survivors of the match. Post-match, Hogan is posing while Elizabeth, Elizabeth is consoling Savage. 
for you know making yeah, well, making sure he's okay. Does he because, not first like grab her and like doesn't like Hogan like hug no, her first? Yet. Okay, okay. Sa- uh, Elizabeth comes over to check on Savage first, mm-hmm. but then Hogan picks Elizabeth up, yeah. and is twirling her around, yeah. And Savage just sees this. He looks super confused. He and does pissed. his he does his like stand on the ball of your toe thing, and he's looking back and forth and like. And no, the crowd's going I mean, nuts. The crowd sees it, and Hogan, he like Savage looks like all alone. But like, <laughs> H- Hogan never looks over at Savage this no, entire time, so he, he never sees this. He's too, he's too preoccupied by the the Hulkamaniacs, by the crowd cheering for him and everything. Yeah. And then the show just ends, but like literally goes to black right there. It's just, it's so, it, like it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, end. To that match, it's good. It was very good. I agree. It's like that's the thing that like WWF does. Like, I mean, it's not a secret that this is one of the most highly regarded story arcs in all of professional wrestling. So we're not saying anything new when we go when we're gushing about I mean, it being amazing. We're like, it's so we ta- good. What are we, what are we like, talking about? Like a year and a half worth of storytelling. All yeah. In all, like, once it's over like, and done with, yeah. Like the the last big one, I was I was welling up and crying about when like Macho won the belt, and here we are, and he looks completely alone, even though they just won, and it was, it works, and it's like it's like if you can just simplify. The great thing about wrestling is it is simple, and if you can tell a simple story gradually, then it seems complex. So, Michael Temple, yes. what were your overall thoughts of Survivor Series 1988? Uh, Survivor Slam 1 is less good than Survivor Slam 2. <laughs> I know. Survivor Series uh, 88 uh, is a good show. You enjoyed it. I don't like this type of show, but I think with each match they did something that was important and everybody got their shit in. Uh, I didn't need these matches be this long, but I also didn't need matches with this many people in them. I think for what it was, it was better than the last one. For what it was. I think Overall. I'm, I think I'm kind of right on the same which page is kind with of, you. Which is kind of crazy, because I think that, like, like uh, is it, is the Jumping Bomb Angels, the women's match in the first Survivor Series. Yep. Uh, is absolutely amazing, and you should watch it right now if you haven't seen it. And then there's another one. Is it the, the last tag match? Where yeah, it was the tag team. Where it's got the, match. like, Haku... Islanders, uh, the Islanders, Young Stallions, yeah, Islanders, yeah, and that's fantastic. But the rest of that show, the storytelling is not as good or as interesting, and the like spots that people get to like tag in and do their shit are not nearly as like unique or or you know those characters actual like spots, and they don't get to really do much with their like personality or persona or whatever. Uh, and I think this did that all well throughout. And it's totally worth a watch, but you, if if I if I were to rewatch it, I would probably be rewatching those key moments as opposed to the full match. The match. Yeah, exactly. I, like I said, I think I'm pretty much right along the lines with you because I don't love any of the matches themselves. I love moments. It's a moments but, show. But this, they did a great job of storytelling. Oh, within yeah. the matches. Exactly. Yeah. And that's like like it's not it's not a work rate show. No. It's a storytelling show. But there is a lot of good work in here. 
I mean, there's a double turn, which yep. is awesome. Yeah, the double turn and then the... the in, beginning of the end for the Mega Powers, yes, kind of. It's like those two moments alone are absolutely fantastic yeah. and totally worth watching. Yeah. The rest of the show, like that being said, the rest of the show is not terrible. I mean, It like, just seems very inconsequential. That's all. I can understand that. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? There. All right. Fuck you. I think it's time for us to smark it up. So, best moments of the night. I mean, we've kind of, yeah. the double turn and the Hogan Savage stuff at the end. I mean, we've talked uh, about those. Easily the best. Um, I love uh, the inflatable Damien's in the crowd. <laughs> Which I googled, couldn't find one. Uh, inflatable Damien's. I would love to have an inflatable Damien. They like wrap around, they completely wrap around these whole kids these like kids body and they're like just inflatable damians and it's just so funny to have a face that's got a snake and like they're selling inflatable it's not even a foam damian doo-doo pants i thought the doo-doo pants were very funny to me uh it was very good to see jesse back uh there's a lot of good i think that there is a lot of good like like ring work in this show you think so i think that there is it's sparing but you know who it comes from i guess i can understand that yeah because i mean like the third match the with Andre and his team of heels, like none of those. Well, Mister Perfect and yeah, Rick Rude yeah, but those or, guys are like everyone else. Like has like Coco has some moments where he looks amazing. Marty Jannetty, Marty Jannetty does some stuff. That, Shawn Michaels, that, yeah, you know. Marty Jannetty does some stuff that like fucking like Will Osprey uh, is doing now, and people are crapping their pants about. Exactly, he has that. Here's those like one moment where he like flips off of a shoulder, but he like seriously like barrel rolls in the air. It's yeah. so unbelievably unnecessary and like kind of jaw dropping in the middle of a show. But it looks it just, super cool. It looks amazing. Also, the conquistadors. I'm a conquistador stan. Are you? Yes. More Uno or more Dos? You can't tell them apart. <laughs> yeah. I, I was I, I was too slow for a joke there. I wasn't ready for the hard hitting questions. How about most disappointing? I mean, I think it's unfortunate that. You know, so many people left the company right around this time, yeah. so that you know Scott Casey had to be in the match. And yeah, the thing is, I, I don't know if I was like particularly disappointed with anything. It's just like it's like I would rather see more singles matches, more like tag teams. When you have tag teams as good as you have on the show, and there's that's true. Yeah. You know, twenty guys on each side. It's like I would much rather see a Rockers versus like the Heart Foundation. Match. Rockers versus Brainbusters. Yeah, exactly. Or, or a you know, triple threat match between the three. They don't know what a triple threat match even, is nowadays. Yeah, even then, like it doesn't matter. Any any like I would preferred anything like that. I'm not a big fan of like huge multi tag matches at any point in time. Like I can do, I can see the three on three, but any more than that, I'm just like super checked out for. But this is fun and interesting because uh, it's you know like doing this is a history lesson and it adds context to something that I care about. So like it's fun, but sometimes you're just like, damn, I can't wait for my you know Coco Rude one on one match that I'm never gonna get. Coco Rude. Yeah, why would that be good? It sounds fun. Yeah, that'd probably be pretty fun. Yeah. How about best performer of the evening? Oh, there's too many good guys here. I mean, you can start just naming off people in that tag team match. Yeah. I mean, which which match do you feel like is the best? Let's let's rank the four matches. I don't. I mean, they're all they all have their merits. 
I think the tag one is like the tag's probably the best worked match. Oh yeah, the th- thing is like the tag is like the least consequential, but potentially one of the better match. Or I guess not because there's no, a double there's turn. The double turn. Yeah. So you have powers of pain and demolition that are going to be feuding, but now on different sides. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the worst one is the first one, and it still has some moments. Yeah, I mean the first match was completely designed for. I think I said this earlier warrior. for Warrior yeah. to be to look strong. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I there's get, moments in there. It's like you get your blue blazer, and like for me personally, I get my Sam Houston bumping for everyone, and then I get uh, Jim Brunzel, who I'm a fan of, the heel side. I don't really. I'm not a. I can't say I'm a huge fan of any of those guys. Like I love Greg the Hammer Valentine, but I don't love Greg the Hammer Valentine I mean, the same I, way I. I love. like Bad News Brown. But I literally didn't know who he was until we started doing this. Yeah. And so that tells me that he doesn't really do a whole lot in yeah, his career. Probably didn't stick around. Like his, he has the intensity in his promo, but uh, it's not very fluid. So it's kind of just like one of those, it's like, oh, like he meant well. But in ring, he looks pretty decent in this. And like they're building him in some way. Because he yeah. like walks out on the heels. Who walks out on the heels like that? He didn't walk out on the heels, heels in a babyface way. Heels are usually the ones that are like usually teaming up together to do yeah. stuff. I mean, like he walked out on them. It's like, where are you gonna go? Is he just gonna? Go, is he gonna go and like Goldberg himself and like go be by himself and like just come in and like the Ghetto Blaster is not really a, probably a great move for a squash match, but <laughs> it looks pretty good here. How about most surprising? Anything surprising on this show? It was. I was kind of surprised to see uh, the Blue Blazer. So Blue Blazer, yeah. I was surprised to see Sam Houston because I thought I was just going to miss him. I thought he was just going to be gone forever. I mean, the Rocker showing up. Yeah. That, that, was, that, was, that was kind of surprising. I figured this was about the time it was going to happen. I but. wasn't sure exactly when they showed up, but it, like, like I'm sitting there watching and all of a sudden I, I was like, oh, oh Shawn oh, Michaels. Yeah, yeah. I was like, sweet. I love yeah. it. And then they totally uh, looked great. And now for a look back even further into the history of wrestling. The Dusty Finish. With the Gold Dust Trio broken up, Tootsmont chose Philadelphia to begin again with the promoter Ray Fabian. Philly was a big city in its own right, but also close enough to make inroads into New York City. Mont would choose the Golden Greek Jim Londos as his new champion. Londos wasn't as talented as Ed Strangler-Lewis, but had good looks and an incredible physique. Londos would face hideous and unappealing wrestlers to maximize those assets, becoming one of the most popular wrestlers, eventually winning the world title in 1938. Mott would have difficulties breaking into New York, as it was controlled by promoter Jack Curley, who had helped orchestrate the Stanislaus Zabisco betrayal of the trio. But over time, Curley realized the draw of Jim Londos, and he, Mont, and another New York promoter, Jack Pfeiffer, would join forces. Next week, Super Clash 3. The third one already? <laughs> the third one already. It's a show from the American Wrestling Association. AWA, baby. Something that we haven't covered at all. No. But this is their one and only pay-per-view show. And so we thought we'd give it a little bit of justice and cover it. Uh, boy, am I glad that we did. And that is not sarcasm. Uh, I mean this 
I feel like this is just coming out in sarcasm. But I absolutely mean this. Uh, watch Super Clash, please. It's it's fun. We're, little teaser. It, it is a fun show. I guess Matt's not as hot about this movie. But it's fine. <laughs> it's a fun show. But yeah, you can find that if, like, literally if you're on the network, just search Super Clash and it, it's right there. I think actually one of the other Super Clashes is on there as well. Is but... there? I think I had to put in three because I searched, like, Super Clash and then it was just, like, single matches from it. But you can find it. You, yeah. It's not that hard. You know how to use a computer. Exactly. You can type. If you, you use this. the network, you know how to... Super fuck. Clash, one and word. Actually, I think a lot of it is actually on YouTube as well. Oh, really? So if you don't have the network, yeah. you can find it that way. There's always well. a way. The music from this week's show is the theme song from the Survivor Series. And I'm going to play that Mega Powers remix again because... Oh, yeah. It, because they were both Survivors. Play, like one of the like, Demolition of Power Green songs? Just something different. Weren't the main event, man. Maybe the Akeem song? Yeah. The Akeem song's pretty good. If they had won. <laughs> but they weren't kind of win. Maybe I wouldn't. And if you like us, you can always rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Podcoin, or just wherever you find your podcasts. You can always email us at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com. And uh, you can always find us on Twitter posting uh, just whatever. Pictures from just all kinds of things. Yeah. From the shows we're covering and stuff like that. But you can find us at Wrestling Histo X. That's Wrestling H I S T O. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.